This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, Episode 17. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I am so grateful every time you tune in to hear what's going on. I have gotten really great feedback about all the prior few episodes. Um, Thank you for being open to listening to just me ramble about the things that I think about. Um, I heard from a lot of people around the last episode, the solo show and the voice inside my head. And, you know, it's really cool to know that we are actually on a collective journey. And um, every time I get to work with and interact with parents, that is my favorite takeaway. And just last week, I gave a talk to a PTA. And again, it was that feeling of, yeah, I've been in your shoes. We are living each other's stories. And The challenges that show up in your house are the same challenges that show up in my house. So, you know, to me, that just makes it feel less less isolating. Um, It allows me to truly embrace the idea that mistakes are opportunities to learn. And at the end of the day, celebrate all the wins instead of dwelling on the things that I did not so great with my kids. So, you know, I'm, I'm just really grateful to be in community with so many of you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your feedback. And I mentioned last week too, that I am going to do a little contest giveaway on the weekend of Thanksgiving. And it's only going to be with people who have actually subscribed to the podcast through iTunes. So um, be listening at the end of the show. I'm going to give some more details about that. But yeah, I'm excited. I am excited to see what comes of this because I am trying to up my subscribers um, because I want you to, I want it to be ever more easy for you to tune in each week to the show. Um, I want it to be easy for you to find it on your, on your devices. And so, yeah, I'm thinking about some other kinds of contests too to motivate people to share 
um, share what they're listening to with their friends and their neighbors and their family members. If you are finding value in the show, I want you to tell people about it. That would be super helpful to me and to the world. Today's guest, oh my gosh, I am so, so, so excited about today's guest. Today's guest is Bonnie Harris. She is the director of Connective Parenting. Her website is bonnieharris.com. She's designed and taught parenting workshops and counseled parents for 25 years. And she's brilliant. She's somebody that I've been following for a while on my own journey. She has written a few books and, um, yeah, and she just speaks my language. Um, her book, When Your Kids Push Your Buttons, is especially amazing for the under five crowd, um, as well as Confident Parents, Remarkable Kids, Eight Principles for Raising Kids You'll Love to Live With. She That came out in 2008, but... The thing that I love about Bonnie is she just leaves me, every time I read anything that she writes or interact with her, I'm left just with this really peaceful feeling around, we're all going to be okay. I'm going to be okay as a mom. My kids are going to be okay um, having me as their mom. And there's just this really peaceful blanket that she wraps us up in. And so I'm really, really excited that I get to talk to her today. And I just know that you are going to love hearing what she has to say as well. So we are talking about the under five crowd. There were some people that um, had some questions on the Live and Love with Joyful Courage Facebook page. So those of you that asked some questions, just know that I, um, I shared a few of those with Bonnie and she helped puzzle out some really powerful responses. So again, thank you so much for being here and being a part of the podcast. I wouldn't be carrying on each week if it wasn't for the people that listened. So let's talk to Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie Harris of Connective Parenting. Welcome to the Joyful Courage podcast. Well, hi, Casey, and thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I am so, so honored that I get to interview you. I've been following your work for a long time, and I'm so excited for the listeners to learn more about you. So please tell us about yourself and how you've come to be a trusted voice for parents. What's your journey? Uh, Well, I first started getting um, really obsessed with parenting and talking about parenting and loving talking about parenting when I had my first child, um, who was a really easygoing, delightful, mostly cooperative, happy son. And I just thought I knew everything there must be to know about parenting. (laughs) And, but then I became a trusted voice. After I had my daughter four and a half years later, my son made me feel like, you know, the best parent in the world, as those kind of piece of cake kids do, you know. And then my daughter stripped me of any and all of that. She just cut me off at the knees. Um, And so I really had to learn how to walk my talk, because by the time she was um not by the time she was born but by the time i had already 
gone back to school. I'd gotten my master's degree in early childhood. And then, um, and that was when I was pregnant with her and, and the first, her first couple of years. And then when she was about three, I was starting my journey of teaching parent education. And so what I found was that, uh, you know, I've been teaching this <clears throat> and great skills, communication techniques, helping parents better communicate with their kids. And I'm home having screaming matches and getting into power struggles with my daughter. Every day. Oh, oh my gosh, Bonnie, this sounds so familiar to me. <laughs> <clears throat> so she, I call her my teacher because mm -hmm. she, I had to learn to really walk my talk, which I did totally, but it took me until she was about, you know, four to five before I really, I had a lot of the pieces there because of all that I was teaching, but I hadn't put the final piece together and it kind of all clicked one particular morning. Um, <clears throat> I, I know that sounds kind of odd, but it, it felt like an epiphany to me. Mm -hmm. It was every morning we had been, you know, getting her off to preschool was just, you know, a battle to ensue. And every morning she started out with this face, this awful face <laughs> with this bottom lip that stuck out for like about three years. And I just hated that lip. I just wanted to cut it off. Oh. And every morning I looked at her and I thought, and I didn't realize this. You know, we this is part of my when your kids push your buttons work. This coming back to this is like this was the groundwork for me. When you're in that place, but you don't even realize what you're thinking. But every morning I looked at that face and I thought to myself, she's out to get me. Mm -hmm. She is bound and determined to ruin my day. She's doing this on purpose. And this one particular morning, I looked at that same face, nothing different from her whatsoever. I looked at her and I thought, wait a minute, she's not out to get me, she's miserable. And everything shifted for me, everything shifted. So it's, it's making that mindset shift from my child is being a problem to my child is having a problem and that became the key for connected parenting really. Wow, that it, that story is so familiar to me. A few mm. details are a little different in my case, but yeah, that is so familiar to me. And just yesterday, and I promised myself, listeners, I know that there's so many of you out there with younger kids and my kids are older and I talk about my kids and you're like, what about the young ones? But I have to tell this story really quick of my daughter who um, we were we were planning on having some time together and we were going to go out to lunch, but then I changed my mind. And so before we left, I said to her, you know, why don't you fix something here? And she said, why? And I looked at her and I said, well, because we got takeout last night and we're going to the movies. And I just all of a sudden was like, how ungrateful for you to ask why? 
And she said, all you needed to say was because we're not going out to lunch. And then when she said that, I was like, oh, really? You're going to sass me like that. You know, it was just this like spiral of what are you doing to me? Uh And then processing it and recognizing she wasn't doing anything to me. There was nowhere in her mind where she was knowing how what she was saying was going to affect me. I was taking everything personally. Exactly. And it was huge. It was such a big shift. And it made it so easy to go from I'm super mad at her to I need to relax. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's a hard one to, it's a really hard one to get. And, um, you know, it took a while for me to get there. It takes, uh, it's very hard for a lot of parents to get there. It's the hardest work there is because. It's about taking responsibility for yourself. Mm, yes. Really what it's about. And we're not good at that primarily because, my, my take on it, because when we were little, we were blamed for everything we did that our parents didn't like. Mm-hmm. And what do you do when you feel blamed? You get defensive mm-hmm. and you throw the blame somewhere else. Oh, yeah. So we grow up not taking it. She did it. That mm-hmm. was him. That wasn't me, you know? Yeah. And we grow up learning that if we take responsibility for ourselves, we're either going to get in trouble or it shows that we're weak or something, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's one of the hardest things I think for parents to do and we I work on that a lot with parents being really responsible for everything you say and do it's hard work it's hard and yet we re- we have really high expectations that our children will do that yes yes <laughs> that's where the misalignment is always I mean I just have to find humor I'm because otherwise I'm totally depressed but it's you know we ex- you are in charge of how you feel you are in charge and then in the next breath you are making me so mad yes that's that's exactly that's exactly right so that that saying that says to your child you are responsible for my feelings mm-hmm. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer.
Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. And how many times do I have to yell before you listen to me? Yes. <clears throat> That's saying you're responsible for my behavior. Yeah. How what many I times have been, do I, I get, have to? I want to get your advice on something because something that I have been talking about with my son is, um, you know, every decision that he makes, every moment, we have the opportunity to influence the moments that come after. Yep. Um, you know, because sometimes he does have to deal with discomfort because, you know, the people around him are disappointed or upset or affected by what he's what his action or inaction has created. Right. And so so I think that, you know, it is it's easy to, to kind of float up and look down at this situation and see like, yes, you're in charge of yourself and I'm in charge of myself. And there's, an, I think, another layer, too where we are all we all have the power to influence the outcomes of our choices right yeah and so it gets kind of sticky i'm feeling a little bit of stickiness there um okay uh, say Going a little more script about, say a little more about the stickiness <laughs> well yes, i mean okay. it's not i it's not so much an argument as it is it's just another layer right i really want my kids to be aware that um every decision that they make affects other people affects other people right. affects the outcome of how other people are going to treat and them those are the consequences yeah. of their behavior right okay? not not us taking away their iphone right or right right your favorite toy yes yes right yeah so those are the consequences yet so but i do think you're you're going down to a deeper level but it's really the same thing because mm-hmm. you're also saying you are responsible for that that's your choice to behave that way and it's your choice whether you're going to let the people that you affect and who are giving you feedback for what you've done whether you're going to allow that to change your behavior or not yeah 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Esoteric here. And I get, um, and, and you know, I think that I often will say to my kids, you know, I am continuously working on taking care of myself and of managing the flood of emotion that happens for me. And sometimes I show up really well and centered and connected, and sometimes I don't. And that's my work. But that's also part but, of the consequence, right? That's also part yes. of the world that we influence is how the people around us interact with us. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And let me just say, Casey, that I think this is a really important piece to talk about because, um, for instance, what connective parenting puts a lot of focus on is that that parent-child relationship mm -hmm. not so much I mean it, it certainly there's a lot of the how-to's and what do I say to my kid when and all of that but right. it's really it really focuses on the relationship and the responsibility and if you if you want to have you know if you want to have a good relationship with your kids you need to feel good about yourself yeah and also part of that I mean the balance that I talk about, because I, I, you know, I, I say that it's it's all about the balance between mm -hmm. the parent and the child. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about the child. And in the balance piece, that means you have just as much right to your anger and frustration and everything that you feel as your children do. Mm -hmm. And I think we get into a trap as parents, especially very conscientious parents who really want to do the best job they possibly can. Right. I think the trap is I must be calm all the time. I have to just be this perfect person so that my child will be that too. And so that I'm doing the best for my child. But I think we are, um, we're, we're disserving our, our, ourselves because mm -hmm. you see, I think that we are, we can get as angry as we want with our children as long as we own it. Mm -hmm. So the problem is that what comes trippingly off the tongue is things like, you make me so mad you do this and you this and you right. that and you're dumping it so you're dumping that anger on your child and that's irresponsible because that anger belongs to you it doesn't belong to your child and so starting with i just as simple as that is mm -hmm. is where you can go with that and you can hit the ceiling with i feel so angry when I see clothes all over the floor. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. So much better than you are such a slob. How many times yeah. do I have to tell you to pick up your clothes? Right. So I I think I think that's what you were getting at. Yeah. You were yes. talking about your your feel your feelings of getting angry, getting feel, feeling hopeless, feeling mm -hmm. depressed, feeling all of those things are just as legitimate as your feelings of compassion and joy and mm -hmm. all. They're just as legitimate. And I, I really think that um, 
parents are get so so hard on themselves oh definitely have such high expectations for themselves but i do think the hard part is owning it yeah well it's so key and it's such a great model when we do right because that's what i found is then they're willing you know over time when they see when it becomes common language in the home making it right with each other owning it yeah my son is really good at that almost but it yeah yeah i mean i have tangent stories but i promised my people that we'd talk about kids (laughs) under five (laughs) so in your experience of working with parents and raising your own kids what do you find are the biggest challenges for parents with kids during those first five years what shows up with your clients well i think that it's that um, transitioning time from having this infant who we're really ready for you know when when a when our little babies and very young uh, kids wake up in the night or cry or throw up or whatever they do <laughs> we expect that you know mm-hmm. we're we're okay with that we, it might be annoying. It might be frustrating when it's five times in the middle of the night. But there's something about that we expect. It's the transition from that infant who wants and needs you all the time to the toddler who starts saying no mm-hmm. and starts showing their independence through resistance and even defiance. And I think the hardest part for a lot of parents at that time is 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 accepting that defiance and not thinking I have to stop this right now. I have to make sure my three-year-old listens to me and does what I say. And then we get into the the whole pun- reward and punishment trap. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really hard for parents at that stage to see that defiance, to see that screaming back and that no, that is very developmentally appropriate, really, mm-hmm. and to, to interpret it. And especially if you've got a child like my daughter, mm-hmm. who is a child who will not take no for an answer and won't be told what to do. And we think that that's not okay. We've got to change that. But let me tell all of you out there listening, if you've got a child like that, this is who your child is. Mm -hmm. This is temperament. Mm -hmm. And when you learn to adjust to that, which is really, really hard stuff, when you learn to um, that it's not to take it personally and realize that this is behavior that's telling you something and then you adjust your ways of communicating it this is the blossoming person this is just an amazing person this person who won't take no for an answer Uh, it's just um it's it's such a it's such an incredibly deep relationship and these kids who are so defiant are also I as I have found with most of my and so many of my clients have kids like this because Mm -hmm. they're the ones who causes problems right 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 right. 
And um, what I what I find is when they're allowed to really accept that that is who their child is, then the communication can shift, and you start giving more choices and challenges, and um, just putting things in place differently than no you can't do that you have to listen to me Mm -hmm. and yeah so so you said this is behavior that's telling you something in that in that um relationship with the the typical you know we'll kind of speak generally about that defiant child what are some of the messages um that could be happening in that in that moment of defiance? Um, I don't like the way you're talking to me. Mm-hmm. This is a child who is, ex- in in most cases, extremely sensitive. We think these are really hard-shelled kids when they're mm-hmm. coming at us with their yelling and their defiance and their, it has to be this way. Mm-hmm. But in fact, they're extremely sensitive. Mm-hmm. And along with extremely sensitive comes incredibly perceptive. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. They, the best way to work with these kids is through fairness and logic. And when I say fairness, I don't mean they've got to like it. It just has to make sense to them. When they can't have something, if you, if you say, just 
come out with, no, you can't have that, then they won't tolerate that. Mm -hmm. But if you say, that's not okay with me, I don't want, and you see, there's another aspect of taking responsibility for yourself. Mm -hmm. Instead of, I need you to, that language, we, we all do that. We mm -hmm. say, I need you to this, and you need to do this. No, we don't need, we want. And that's perfectly okay. I want this because this. Mm -hmm. And be absolutely upfront about it. Then they hear it, and mm -hmm. it's kind of like, okay, kind of like your daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same same sort of thing. You just needed to be perfectly honest with what was going on. You didn't need to go into a whole no. softening place. Well, so and when I made it when I made it right with her, the funny thing was back to that story is she said, "I thought you were saying that because you didn't think I had breakfast." Uh-huh. <laughs> that didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I hear that. That makes sense and I really appreciate talking into that the defiant child you know, there is a misconception about those kids. Yes, very much. Their defiance does not mean I will never cooperate with you. You can't make me do anything. That right. is not it at all. In my, uh, in my book, Confident Parents, Remarkable Kids, I have these eight principles. Mm -hmm. And the first principle is all children want to be successful. Mm-hmm. Every single child, I believe on the face of the earth, wants to please the most important people in their lives. Mm -hmm. That's all they're about. You are their son. You know, you are giving them that energy. You are the center of their universe. And when they don't behave successfully or do what you say, it's because there is an obstacle in their way. There is, a, there is something that is deterring their forward thrust of being successful and, and doing whatever they know is the right thing. And it, that obstacle could be a belief that they are developing that you know, mommy doesn't approve of me. I'm not mm -hmm. good enough. Mm -hmm. um, I can't ever get it right. Mm -hmm. I can't ever be who mommy expects me to be or daddy expects me to be. And those messages sink in there. It, you know, it could also be something much more surface, like um, you're giving my brother way more attention than you're giving me, even, mm -hmm. even though you may not see it that way. It's all about what their perception is. Yeah. But there are always obstacles in the way. So then you look at behavior. The next principle is behavior is your clue. Mm -hmm. And so you look at behavior, and I use this image of the iceberg. Oh, yeah. We use that in positive discipline, too. <laughs> oh, really? Yep, yep, yep. Huh. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And um, yeah, so you, the behavior is the tip of the iceberg and yeah. what lies beneath the surface is um, all, the, all the stuff that could possibly be provoking that behavior. And yeah, and going back to relationship, I mean, you mentioned at the very beginning of the interview how important it is, you know, to be focusing on our relationship and all the things that I'm hearing 
that could be happening for that child who's showing up as defiant, they're all pieces that pull us away from each other, right? Exactly. Like you're spending more time with my brother or I don't like the voice that you're using or I never get any choices where right. I have no power. Right. Like all of those things seem to me and we, that's, you know, we talk about it as maybe a child who feels like they have no control over yes, their day. Yes. And so they take it where they can get it. And, and that so, might be in defiance, right? It might exactly. be. Exactly. I'll have show to grab, you. They have to grab for it yeah. if they fear that they're not going to get it. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, oh, I just had a thought that just flew out of my head. That's okay. I bet it'll, it'll come, come back. back. It'll come back. Um, but, you know, the tiniest little things mm-hmm. can can totally throw off uh, a toddler or a preschooler or, you know, it, it just this what we would say is the stupidest little thing or the most unreasonable or, you know, nothing. Mm-hmm. But to them in that moment it's monumental and maybe it's just the final straw you know we see one kid taking away a toy from another kid and and it's not even a toy they ever play with right right? it's just they don't want that other kid to have it right and (laughs) super common (laughs) yeah and and you know our rational mind is going to look at it as well, you never play with that anyway. What? What's wrong with him having it? Why can't he just play with it for a few minutes? What are you doing? And so then you come at the problem mm-hmm. with an attitude, with a with a um, you know a blaming, critical attitude, rather than seeing, huh, or thinking, what's going on here? I wonder what. I wonder what his thinking is here. I wonder what's going on. Well, Which is what then takes you to the deeper level of what's provoking. Yeah. yeah. And one of my favorite quotes of yours that I say a lot in live classes and, and when I write is misbehavior is like weeds in the garden. And if we don't pull up the root, it just keeps coming back. I love right. that visual. Right. Exactly. And it fits really well with the iceberg. Yes. Those are the two. Too. Those are the two metaphors I use. Yeah. Because it's. Yeah. And and if we really take the time and get down and dirty and dig into the soil and and really dig out the roots, mm-hmm. then the weeds don't come back. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Or they come back with less intensity. Right. Right. Because right. that's what I noticed, too, right. is, you know, especially once I started working with my son when he was around four. I remember my son, my husband looked at me and said, I think he has anger management issues. Yeah. And I said, no, I think he's four and he gets <laughs> flooded with emotion and he doesn't know how to navigate it. Right. And so I taught him brain in the palm of the hand, Dan Siegel's work. And we created a whole list of um, ideas for him to help him come back to his rational brain when he was flooded by feelings, when he's lost his thinking cap is what I said mm-hmm. to him. And we had the conversation and I didn't have to wait a whole day before the next meltdown, him on the floor kicking and screaming. A lot of people have heard me tell this story, but I remember I was so excited because I said, oh, Ian, you've lost your thinking cap. And I showed him the little hand signal and he looks back at me and he says, 
you lost your thinking cap. <laughs> right? And he was yes. totally mad. And yeah. that was the first, that meltdown was half the time that they had been prior to having this conversation with me. And then from there forward, the time between become greater and the, the level of intensity was less, you know, and I just kept repeating yeah. myself, you've lost your thinking cap and you have tools for calming down. Right. And I would just, you know, he wasn't like skipping around. It wasn't instantaneous. And he was like, oh, thanks, mom, you know, but over time and continuing to revisit that, he's been able and he's still, you know, I mean, we're I have meltdowns. I, I'm never expecting that my kids are going to just you well, know, never have a problem. You lose your thinking cap too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and they get to tell me, hey, mom. That's, that's right. <laughs> well, what about, so one of my, um, a parent in my community, when I said that I was going to interview you, I got a couple um, responses. So uh, one of them was around just that feeling of the constant needs that show up for the little ones. And it's the urge, the level of urgency that's often coupled with those needs. So whether we're at the grocery store or at the park and it's just can start to feel never ending. How do we, you know, what's your take on obviously seeing our kids, seeing their needs, but also living with the outcome when we can't necessarily meet that need in that moment or the child is dissatisfied with it. What is your advice for parents on what they can do in those situations? Well, I think the key is um, when, as you said, living with the outcome when you can't satisfy the need. Because truth be told, there are very few needs um, uh, with these little kids. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.